Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is going on up here? I never know, man. Daymen. Daymen. Fighter of the night, man. Champion of the... Sun. Sun. You're a master of karate. And friendship. <laughs> for everyone. A Dayman. That's it. Dayman. Oh. Oh. Fighter of the night, man. Oh. Oh. Champion of the sun. Oh. Oh. You're a master of karate. <laughs> and friendship. <laughs> for everyone. Dayman. Dayman. Oh. Oh. Fighter of the night, man. Welcome to the debut edition of Size Corner. This podcast was formerly Warriors 24-7, but we're doing a whole rebrand here. We're calling the Warriors 24 Podcast Network Rick Barry's house. Rightfully so. The man's a legend. The man deserves to be the marquee on his own podcast channel. And within Rick Barry's house, part of the Believe Network, is the Rick Barry Show. That's the lead program for this whole shebang. And then you got my little thing here, Size Corner. This is a new spinoff uh, podcast. It's going to be eclectic. It's going to be kind of unique. You might have one show where we talk about just the Warriors. You might have one show where we talk about the Niners. Dude, I love the Niners. Until like five, ten years ago, I could safely call myself an expert on the San Francisco 49ers, but I just have not been covering the team uh, nearly as closely as I used to. But nonetheless, it doesn't mean I've just fallen off the face of the earth when it comes to covering this team. In, and look, if I bring an expert on, we'll talk Niners. I love the surf. We might talk surfing. We might talk about travel. We might talk about dogs. I love dogs. The point is, this is going to be a unique little corner of Rick Barry's house. Now, for the debut episode of this little show, I'm actually going to replay a radio interview I did just the day before, recording this on July 7th, uh, where I was on 95.7 FM. The game, they're the Golden State Warriors flagship station. I was on with Dan Devone and Alan Stiles. Uh, they're two of the hosts of the nighttime uh, slot there. I don't think they've officially named a new host uh, for that time slot, but Dan Devone and, and Stiles are two individuals I go on a lot with. I love these two guys. I hope I meet them someday in person. Um, but nonetheless, uh, you know, since the Warriors won the world championship, there's been some drama. This has not been like the happy go lucky. Uh, postseason that myself and I think a lot of others expected. Instead of cruising along, being the, the heavy favorites to repeat as world champions, the Golden State Warriors have decided that they want to save money. And as a result of that, their entire veteran bench, save for Jordan Poole, if you want to call him a veteran, uh, has been let go. And the Warriors are going to be relying on their, their core of youngsters Jonathan Kaminga, James Wiseman, Moses Moody. I also think, I have a very sneaking suspicion that this is all being set up for Kevin Durant to come back. I mean, I, I don't know for sure, obviously, but I do know Ke uh, Joe Lacob loves him. And I do know that if it's up to him, he would have Kevin Durant in a Warriors jersey with a four-year deal locked in. And so all I'm telling people who are listening to this right now is, do not be surprised if Kevin Durant is a member of the Golden State Warriors. Anyways, this was my appearance on their show. 
Uh, and again, it was just awesome, man. We talked about everything going on with the team, uh, for better or for worst. Um, and again, I love going on with those two. Had a grand old time, and and, and really for future shows, it's just going to be a wide mix of fun. That's all I can promise you. We're going to have a good time. I don't know if you're going to be interested in the subject matter. Again, most of it will probably be the Golden State Warriors, but who knows? It's size corner. It's a weird place here. <laughs> and we're going to mix things up. But for today's show, we're going to go with the tried and true, the defending world champion, Golden State Warriors. And this is me with Dan Devone and Alan Styles on 95.7 FM, The Game, the flagship radio station of the defending world champion Golden State Warriors. Now back to 95.7 The Game. We have hit the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, Alan Styles and Dan Devone as we continue to talk a little... Uh, NBA basketball, and namely, of course, the Golden State Warriors. And joining us, like always, one of our one of our faves here, of course, it is Cyrus Sanchez, the host of Locked On Sports, the buddy of that of Rick Barry, and a long, long list of accomplishments. What's going on, Cyrus, my man? How are you tonight? Oh, Dan Allen, it's always such a pleasure joining you. Um, just relaxing and chilling. And how are you guys doing? Chilling. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I happen to catch a recent podcast, and by the way. You got to check out Locked On Sports because my man here, he brings it. And he'll come clean. Listen, if the Warriors are doing well, he'll get right up there with you, Dub Nation, and he'll sing along with you. But if he thinks that there's something to miss, he is also going to call out everybody. Because while we were all dancing and rejoicing, my man Cyrus was not very happy with the recent maneuverings as it relates to free agents and bringing players back and or losing players. But I'll just let you take it from there. What are your general thoughts on GP2 walking out the door as it relates to the Warriors and Joe Lacob and company? Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I try to keep it real on Locked On Warriors. I'm just in a weird position where, on one hand, i got to be, like, this objective podcast host or at least as objective as possible. But, but on the other hand, I love the Warriors, you know. And so when I'm not happy, it's usually because I feel like they're making moves that aren't giving him the highest probability of, of it, attaining the ultimate level of success and in the NBA, that's the world championship. And I just, um, you know, like, I look, it, it, it's not like they were, you know, trying to mislead us after they won the championship. They were saying publicly time and time and again that they wanted to run it back, that, you know, and I think common sense and logic dictates if you win a championship, your best odds of repeating are to keep the same team that achieved that level together. And to see them basically say goodbye to Gary Payne II, who I, I really feel like was always, for some reason, I, I don't understand what the, what that reason is, but he was always undervalued to a certain extent by Steve Kerr um, and by Bob Myers. I mean, this is a player who, look, when, when they first promoted him to the NBA in the 2020-2021 season, um, I, at least for me, and I feel like a few others out there certainly saw this kid playing for the Warriors and thought, wow, this is like a gem. This is like a diamond in the rough they discovered here. But he never played a minute in that playing game against the Lakers. He never played a minute in that playing game against the Grizzlies. Uh, you know, they put him on waivers before the start of last season. He had to, you know, had to, he had to have every other team, you know, pass on it before he could come back and then the Warriors could sign him. 
And, you know, and he just, for some reason, the team just never was sold on him. And it was evident by the fact that, in the, you know, following the season, they offered him a two-year deal for the mid-level exception, and that was the max. They weren't going to go above that. And um, and for me, like, I'm just not, a, like, I'm not calling the Warriors owners greedy. I'm not saying that. But when the, the, the numbers are there, and there isn't a single public report indicating that the team cannot afford it, that they're struggling in any regard. Every single documentation that is out there publicly shows this Warriors team is thriving financially. So I, they could have afforded Gary Payne II. I know the cost is heavy, but they shattered an NBA record for revenue in one season. They went over $800 million. And even with payroll, taxes, loan payments, paying off your 500-plus employees, they, they had plenty. They're, they're doing fine. So it just didn't sit well with me that, Following a, a season where you know they won a world championship, they're primed to be the heavy favorites to repeat as world champions. They opt to not bring back Gary Payne the second. They don't bring back Otto Porter Jr., Bielitsa, uh, and even like lesser veterans like Damian Lee and Juan Toscano Anderson. I mean, that, those are five players right there who are veterans and who, in some regard, even if they weren't putting up the numbers to indicate their value, their presence was clearly important. I mean, they, they shined in certain small moments sometimes, big moments sometimes. And now instead of like going into next season thinking, wow, we have a team that could repeat, a team that could be set up to maybe three-peat. You know, a year ago we were clamoring to, to support the, the core three as much as possible, to, you know, to support them and, and give them a surrounding cast to win a title while the window was, was you know, minimal given they're all in their mid-30s now. And for some reason this offseason, I don't know if it's because of complacency for winning a world title. Uh, I don't know what it is. But all of a sudden people are okay with the team not bringing in veterans and, now we're going to go with this young core who could – I mean, look, I, I've been proven wrong by Bob Myers before. I love it when he proves me wrong. I love it. Um, and I do hope that he proves me wrong again because right now I'm, I'm just a little worried. I'm worried that, that players who are 19, 20, and 21 are going to be playing a vitally important role in the Golden State Warriors repeating as world champions when they could have taken a much easier route by keeping these veterans. And so that's been the theme. But at the same time, I want to make it positive. I am going to move on from that subject on Locked On Warriors. That will not be a permanent summer-long theme because they are still the defending world champions, and we do have to celebrate that and understand that they will still be the favorites next year, but just not as likely of a favorite as if they had those veterans. So, Cyrus, there you go. Cyrus, my man, always good to have you on, just like Dan said. Well, here's the thing. Now you have even more to complain about because – since the Celtics got Malcolm Brogdon, the Warriors mm-hmm. are not betting favorites everywhere anymore. They are now mm-hmm. two in some places to the Celtics. But I want to get back into what you were saying about, you know, the Warriors and the and the revenue that they're making versus mm-hmm. the luxury tax. And I know you know better than anybody as far as GP2 in two years costing because of that tax costing co- close to 140 million. We've heard we've heard all the numbers. I guess mm-hmm. my question to you would be Understanding that, yes, the Warriors make a lot of money due to what Dub Nation does due to that winning. Where would the limit be? Where would you say, okay, I can understand that, right? That's a, fair, that's a very fair question. Um, and my response to that is it's all about the profit margins for me. Like, like people don't bat an eye if we're talking this level when it comes to Major League Baseball just because there hasn't been a salary cap. Um, but, it, you know, I mean, Teams have gone really high in Major League Baseball with, with, with payrolls. And in the NBA, um, for some reason, like, you know, when we start talking three or $400 million, which, granted, is a ton of money. No one's doubting that. 
um, it, everyone's freaking out just because whether it's it's record spending or it's just the number itself. But look, if the revenue wasn't coming in to make it you know salvageable in terms of profit margins, I would be totally with anyone else who's trying to defend the ownership, saying like, look, like you know, like, I, like I'm not calling cheapskates. What I'm saying is, is that what is your definition of greedy in this case? Like, I, because bottom line is they could afford it. Like they made so much money that while the payroll expenditure is astronomically high, the revenue is that much higher. And so my limit personally is if it starts cutting into, like, the, you know, the company and the organization actually losing money. But I just had Eric Prisbell of a Sports Business Journal on yesterday. He wrote, he wrote, he basically broke the story that they made over $800 million last year in total revenue. That was 100 more than what most people projected uh, initially. And, look, the Warriors are not hurting for cash. They're in the running now. I mean, he broke the news as well that they're in the running to be – uh, the prime ownership group for the expansion WNBA team in the San Francisco Bay Area. If that's going to happen, that's not going to be cheap. You know, I mean, they're, they're, they have all these different media ventures. They want to start making their own films. None of these things are cheap. And I'm just questioning, like, whether or not their priorities are, are straight in terms of focusing on the Warriors' payroll being the, the, the main priority here. And this is clearly my opinion. I'm being subjective here. Um, you know, but I just wonder, like, like how much profit do they need? I mean, we, we really could they really not afford Gary Payne the second to bring it back? Do they not prioritize repeating, repeating as much as I guess a you know a fan like me does? And so I don't know. That's my line, man. And I don't know if I'm rational or not saying this, but I think if your company's making a profit, I don't have a problem with them spending what it takes to get players. That's just me. So let me ask you this: What about the? idea of it's less about GP2, a couple of different things, monetarily and just playing time-wise. If we're going to sit here and romp and rave, and we've been talking about, you You actually had an interesting take on Kevin Durant. I, I didn't think you'd be okay with going away from the youngins, but I saw you on Twitter. You're not too far uh-huh. against it. But as far as some of these young guys, you keep these vets around, All of the core is not getting any younger. Right. They have to get some playing time here. Now, if that's at the expense of a repeat championship, that's a different question. But at some point, I've been saying it, I've been comparing it to getting your license and getting your permit. The Warriors are not even asking Moody and Kaminga to get their license. They just got to get their permit. And permit, obviously, you got to drive around with your parents. But but it's a start. There are there are players their age that do that were given their license, even though they didn't want it. They didn't have much of a choice. If you right. keep all these guys, if you keep GP two, if you keep Damian Lee, now obviously you can go to the young guys in spots. But we know how much of this is maybe not allowing Steve Kerr to go to those security blankets. Now, again, if that's at the expense of winning back-to-back, that's a different question. And that's what I've been saying as far as everybody that is not on the KD train. Not that I typically, mm-hmm. not that I technically am, but I'm saying this. Then you need to be okay with what comes with a bunch of guys that aren't allowed to drink yet getting legitimate minutes. Yes, exactly. I mean, look, I don't, I'm not against in any way the, the larger strategy here that they have, which is, maintaining success for, like, the next 10, 15 years. They've been public with that strategy and approach, and I'm not against that. What I am saying is that they also have a team right now who could repeat, who could three, they haven't repeated. I mean, call me, call me greedy, I guess. My greed comes from winning titles. I want rings, man. And so I was like, you know, so I just don't want them to sacrifice what I thought was their biggest strength last year, which was their depth. 
that to me is ultimately, I mean, Stephen Curry's 1A, number one, period. I mean, any reason for the Warriors' success, it starts with Steph. There's no question about that. But then once you go past Stephen Curry, I mean, there's a lot of different variables to look at in terms of why the Warriors are such a great team. And one of them last year especially was the depth. And you're right. Now all of a sudden, like, you have players who cannot even legally drink yet, two of them, in fact. I mean, Wiseman just got that, that right. You know, and they were counting on them for, like, really important minutes. Now, the question of the minutes itself, I looked at that. I've done some research on it. And, you know, look, every player uh, or the five positions uh, uh, on an NBA team have to allocate 48 minutes, right? So you have a core three in Steph, Dre, and Clay, who are in their mid-30s now, right? So you can't be pushing those guys 35, 40 minutes a night during the regular season like you used to. Realistically, like, like for your odds of success, to repeat his world championship, those minutes have got to go down to like 30 a night, 25 a night, no back to back. And that's where the extra minutes come in. And this is where I'm, very, I'm really curious like, are you going to make your core who is set, you know, set turns 35 next, uh, next year? That's the same age Michael Jordan was when he retired. Are you going to make him, a 35 year old, play 35, 40 minutes a night in the regular season? I know his average is, I think, is closer to 33, but even still, like, like, are you really willing to take and drain their energy in the regular season and sacrifice the postseason in the process if your young players don't work out? Because that's the reality of it. If you're, when you take away these veterans that you're not replacing, you let go of GP2 and, and company, and, you're, and, and if these youngsters don't pan out, because they're not proven. There's no way anyone could sit here and make a compelling argument that any of these guys are going to be successful. Even DiVincenzo who I do like. I, I, I love the pickup, but he's also injury-prone. So you're counting on him basically like hoping to play uh, 25 minutes a night. And these are just unproven guys that, again, if they don't step up, and they might not because they're so young, um, you're counting on your, your main guys to carry such a heavy regular season load. And I just don't know if that can sustain itself through the postseason. That's my concern. That's where I would have loved like a GP2 um, if not Otto Porter Jr., five replacements for these guys. I just don't see the Warriors doing anything. And I, I'm just baffled as to what the strategy is there because it just seems risky to me, like you said, to rely on a repeat world championship pursuit on a bunch of kids who like, cannot legally drink yet. It's crazy. So I don't know, man. Am I, am I crazy to you guys? Am I, I don't know. I just, I just, it might be, maybe I'm just being greedy. Maybe I just want the repeat that bad. And I'm just looking at the probabilities. And, you know, I just would rather have the highest probability. That's, that's my case. Cyrus Sanchez is our guest, the host on Locked On Warriors. And Cyrus, not crazy, but I do think that the Warriors, I don't know if they get the benefit of the doubt, but I think Lacob has done right by the Warriors and Dub Nation. And comparatively speaking, I mean, you don't have to look any further than, you know, our brethren across the bay there running the Oakland A's. Now that's a greedy, mismanaged, chaotic <laughs> ownership, fair. right? And I, I don't think that's that, fair, man. Yeah, so that, that's awful. somebody you can shake a, a stick at. But when you when you think about is there a sort of are they tied, is there any connective tissue with the the you didn't use this word, but the frugal behavior of that of the Golden State Warriors when it comes to a GP two, and trying to keep in mind that they they potentially might offer extensions to both players. That being, of course, Andrew Wiggins and Jordan yeah. Poole. Does one have anything to do with the other? You think it might, it, it might. And look, you're absolutely right, man. I am not calling Blake the Uber Pat <laughs> That is the furthest thing from where I'm going with this. I'm just what I am saying is is, is 
is I just don't agree with the current strategy. I think you could you, you could have brought some more veteran help and just increase the probability um, of repeating as a world championship. That's I mean I really think this, they have the team where if you add a few more pieces could literally sustain a run like that, and then all of a sudden you have Kaminga and Moody and Wiseman entering their prime just as that core is starting to fade. It's just, I'm just looking at a future that could be just wildly successful beyond anything we've ever seen in the NBA, and that's where my greed comes from, is that I really wish the Warriors would just go gung-ho and pursue that level of success. Now, the Wiggins and, and Poole extensions, that's an inter- interesting topic because um, there could be a tie-in there with this Kevin Durant thing. I, I need to remind people time and time and again, and I don't feel like it's being emphasized enough, wake up loves Kevin Durant. Mm. Despite all the drama that, that we saw, especially last year, um, Lakehub loves Durant. Like, that is his pride. That is his white whale, the allegory for Moby Dick. You know, that's the, the ultimate trophy that, I mean, that is the player that Lakehub, I mean, he, he said no one else is going to wear 35. I mean, he, it's crazy. For a three-year run, um, you know, he, he, helped, he reveres him at that level. Do not be surprised if this trade happens. I, I really would not be shocked. Wow. But what I'm advocating for personally is if this trade comes down, make sure Seth Curry comes with it. Because I do like the family angle with him and his brother. Um, Seth doesn't have a ring. Um, you know, Steph just lost his brother-in-law. Bring in the brother. He would totally ease the, the blow of losing Jordan Poole. I don't endorse any Jonathan Kaminga references when it comes to um, all these players mentioning the trade. I think Kaminga could be so special and so amazing in the future. Um, but don't be surprised if this trade happens because Lakeham is looking at Kevin Durant and that four-year guaranteed contract comes with it. There would be no more drama of Durant leaving. He's a warrior for, for the rest of his career, basically, if he comes here. And um, I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised if this trade happens, and it could be a huge reason why the Warriors have been um, this inactive, you know, in the, in the offseason. It would answer a lot of puzzling questions for me, at least. Cyrus, let's just feed the beast for the sake of this yeah. conversation. If, indeed, that trade does go down, what are you giving back to Brooklyn? Because I've heard Kaminga's gone, Weissman's out the door, Andrew Wiggins is walking are you good with that with that package? Probably Jordan Poole, too. And Jordan Poole. No, I'm not good with that. No, no absolutely not, man. I, I don't think you can give – I don't like the idea of trading Kaminga, period. Um, he, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I see him and I just see someone who could literally be a future Hall of Famer. That's a bold take, I know, and I could be so wrong on that, but he's that special. Like, he just – he has all the tools. He has a lot of natural instincts. He has touch on his shot. Um, you know, he even has like that, that in terms of character. He's a, he's a humble human being, and, and that's exactly the type of character the Warriors love. Like, I, I think Kaminga is an untouchable piece unless you're talking about Giannis or Luka, and I think that's it. Um, that's me. That's just my opinion on him. But I do think Jordan Poole, um, especially with the big contract coming up much sooner, um, that could be realistic. And if you get Seth Curry back, which would very easily be possible in terms of salaries, because Ben Simmons would have to be traded as well. So there is a possibility that you're talking about a three-team trade um, if this happens, and Ben Simmons would go to a third-team to free up that, that rookie uh, weird little rule that's preventing Simmons and a bunch of other players from playing together, uh, Andrew Wiggins, I think, being one of them. Um, so, yeah, so, so that's I, – I don't support that. I, I think if, if you – I hate giving up pool, but if you get Seth Curry back – 
Um, again, that would ease the blow considerably because Seth is just a fantastic offensive player, and they're not that different defensively. So um, I know the age difference will be where you're losing out the most, but I would love to see it. And um, like I said, just don't be surprised. I'm not saying it's happening, but, you know, Joe Lacob loves KD, man. I can't emphasize that enough. So if he see, I mean, they, they put in the call. Bob Myers put in the call, and they wouldn't do that if there was real interest, you know? So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm very curious. I don't know about you guys, but I'm intrigued. Well, it is definitely intriguing, Cyrus. All right, let, let's, let's, let's come back to what we'll say the more realistic look right now. Not that this okay. isn't realistic, but let's just look at what we have today. Dalton okay. Johnson did uh, you know, write a piece, and he had three vets, and I want to know. I'm going to read these names to you, but I also want to know, in your perfect world, no checkbooks, okay? We're talking, I don't know if you remember that movie back in the 90s, Blank Check. We'll do your blank check after this. Yes. But right okay. now, Juancho <laughs> Hernan Gomez, Blake Griffin, Markeith Morris, do any of these guys move the needle for you? And I'm also thinking the more I keep talking to you, how bad every how upset people will be if any of them get signed for anything close to what GP2 signed for. No, I, I think if you pick up any of those guys, it's going to be for the vet men. Um, the Warriors already gave up the mid-level exception to get DiVincenzo, so it wouldn't be possible. Right. I, I guess I mean anybody in general opening it oh, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but uh, I mean, no, none of those names excite me. I mean, I don't know about you, you guys. I mean, the, the, the only player out there, and this is a weird one, and, and you know, it's not going to – uh, garner universal agreement, but um, what if you're actually new pickups? Larry Kruger, who just got added on to the to the 95-7 the game lineup. Him and I were doing a show last week, and we both agreed that that um, Carmelo Anthony could be a, a very nice fit for the mm. team. Um, he, I know defensively he's awful. He is. There's there's no denying that. But um, look, the Warriors have just proven time and time and again that they can integrate players into their system and get the most out of them. And if they see Carmelo as someone who's willing to conform slightly for the purpose of, of getting that ring and just really, you know, boosting his legacy tremendously, I wouldn't mind it. He would fit the Otto Porter Jr. role to the T, only much more lethal offensively. Um, he's 6'8", like 240, so he, can, he gets rebounds. He's not a bad rebounder either. It's just defensively he's awful. So, But if he can work with that, if he can get the most out of him, you know, I would love Carmelo Anthony, and he's still out there. So, but none of those three names you mentioned really move the needle much. I mean, Blake Griffin, maybe. I mean, if there's some juice left in that tank, but yeah, that's that's rough. <laughs> <laughs> Cyrus, my man, we appreciate it. We're up against the break, and listen, yeah, yeah. you can hear him on Locked On Warriors. And the reason we had to have you on is because, as you put it, you keep it real. And while everybody's dancing in the streets, <laughs> you're the only unhappy man. And I'm like, this is, that's what you want, man. That's the, it's easy to kiss Fanny and saying we want a title. What's next? But it takes, it takes Cyrus Sanchez, the man with rage, to let you know what's really up. But we, we really do appreciate it. I think Dub Nation does as well. I love you guys. I love you guys. Thank you, man. All right, buddy. We'll be in touch. Let's talk soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.